On today's Live Treasured podcast, when you have issues with your in-laws that are impacting your marriage. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Live Treasured Podcast. I'm Eileen Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries, and I'm so excited to introduce to you our very special guest today, Dr. Kim, and formerly Dr. Kim Kimblenberg. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, Eileen. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's I'm doing exciting great. to be here. Well, we're so glad to have you. Um, we love uh, referring women to your ministry, um, which is awesome. It's in fact, it's called Awesome Marriage. But Dr. Kim has lots of great resources to strengthen uh, marriages, and we just so appreciate the work that you do. And let me give you just a little bit of background about Dr. Kim. He's been a professional counselor for over thirty-five years. He holds a Ph.D. and a Doctorate of Ministry in Christian Counseling. He holds a Master's Degree in Christian Ministry and in Theological Studies. Dr. Kim is the founder and CEO of Awesome Marriage and the president and founder of Family Christian Counseling in Oklahoma City. Dr. Kim has been married to his wife, Nancy, for over 50 years, and they have two grown children and five incredible grandchildren. What a legacy. Fantastic. And so today I I reached out to Dr. Kim and I wanted to discuss the in-law issue. So if you are uh, having issues with your in-laws, if it's impacting your marriage, or if you want to learn just how to be a good in-law, today's podcast is going to be just for you. And I'm very passionate about this topic because in my own marriage, my husband and I um, had in-law issues, and it was something that we had to navigate through, through wise biblical counseling, um, our pastor and his wife who took our hand and helped us to walk through it. And uh, so we're going to dive into that today, and I'm, I'm really excited uh Dr. Kim, for you to share your wisdom. So can you tell us from your experience as you've ministered to couples, um, how have you seen, let's do the positive first, how have you seen in-laws benefit their children's marriage? First, I want to say this is such a great topic. Excuse me. I think there's so many people that have to deal with this in one way or the other in a positive or negative. And so I think the ones that I see that really benefit the children's marriage is when they see the new couple as a separate family, a separate entity Mm -hmm. so that they can they have their their letting their new couple and have their own identity, have their own uh, just to, to have their marriage stand on its own and not have to be connected or told what to do or all those other things that they really yeah. value that. My parents did a great job of it. When Nancy and I married, uh, we lived in Oklahoma City. Uh, we, Nancy's family lived in Houston, so we were around my parents more. And they, I don't know who counseled them, but they did a great job. They let us uh, develop things. They never interfered. They were there if we asked for their opinion. But the other thing that I, I loved about them, if they gave us their opinion and we didn't take it, 
they didn't say anything about it. It yeah. wasn't like, oh my gosh, I can't. Even if we didn't take their opinion and what we ended up with didn't work, yeah. they didn't say, I told you so, or any of things like that. So I think we were very blessed uh, by my parents being able to do that. And I think that's what, what I want for my kids. Both of my kids are married now and have families. And we wanted Nancy and I want to do the same thing for them, for them to have their own identity, their own family, for us yeah. to be a resource for them, but really for us just to love them and to yeah. love their kids and yeah. to just walk life with them in whatever yeah. way seemed to work best for them, yeah. not for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I pray my boys are in college now, so I'm not in that stage yet, but I, that is just such a huge prayer of mine. Um, and you know, when my husband and I were walking through uh, counseling on this, one of the things that our counselor told us, which is exactly what you're saying, he said, marriage is like a kingdom that you're setting up your own kingdom and you, an in-law is there to be an ally, but not tell you how to rule. And I, I just love that picture. Um, and, uh, and that just completely reflects what, what exactly you're saying. And then biblically speaking, the word is so clear a man shall leave his father and mother yes. and, and become. And so that becoming is a separate identity um, that is going to be different from from you. Uh, and that's a positive thing. It's not to be, you shouldn't be offended by it. So Absolutely. Yeah. You know, as my kids uh, got married and things like that, and we wanted a good relationship with them. We didn't want mm-hmm. them to say, oh my gosh, we got to be with your parents again. You know, those kind of things. <laughs> yeah. And and so uh, I, I think we've done a pretty good job of that. We've got great uh, a great son-in-law and a great daughter-in-law, and we enjoy being with them. And our family seems to really like to be with us. They seek us yeah. out a lot. And, and I think part of that is that we never really told them what to do. We just wanted to be a resource for them. We wanted to love them. We wanted to love their kids as yeah. well as we could and, and be an example for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it wasn't always easy. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I know. Right. That's how it always is with the Bible. With you know, the Lord's timeless principles, we can teach them, but then when we, we have to do them, you know, there are times that you just kind of grit your teeth and you say, okay, God, they are yours. So I'm putting them in your hands. I don't want to right now. Yeah. I'm resting. I'm resting in you. Exactly. So on the flip side of that, in your experience as you've um, counseled people over the years, how have you seen in-laws hurt marriages? I think it's almost just the exact opposite of what we've been talking about. They want that couple amassed in their lives. Mm-hmm. They want to, I think meddle's a good word, mm-hmm. meddle in their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they don't see them as a separate identity. And, it's, and so then there's always that... Um, I think there's always a tension and it may not be between their child and them as much as it might be their son-in-law and daughter-in-law and them, because right. that's not how it's supposed to be. And so right. I, th- I think when, when you don't see them as a separate entity and you see us all, well, we're just one big happy and mesh family. And there's time for that celebrations, mm-hmm. holidays and stuff, mm-hmm. but you've still got to see them as a separate entity. And when that's not done, I think it hurts things. I think it causes more friction. I think it causes uh, the couple to probably push away a little bit, maybe yeah. sometimes push away a lot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and certainly that was, that was our experience just in needing to, to set some boundaries. Um, yes. can, can you give us an idea of how big this problem is 
uh, for marriages. I mean, you know, uh, I think maybe sometimes women might feel like, well, my friend has this great relationship with her in-laws and I feel so alone. But is it, I mean, is it a big problem? Is it a little problem? I think it's probably... I guess it's a, it's depends. I guess mm-hmm. I like that. I've got couples that do it really well. I think for young marriages, I think I see that happen more there than I do in couples that maybe get married later in life. And that's not always true either. It depends mm-hmm. if has that adult child made a break away from the parents and kind of establish mm-hmm. their own identity. But I think sometimes with young marriages, sometimes it's, it's hard for parents to give them the space that they need. Uh, they've been used to telling them what to do if that hadn't been established already. And so that continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, always want them to come over. Uh, but I think that those kind of things happen. Uh, and especially if the couple, the young couple doesn't know how to set boundaries, which you alluded to. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, I think what I see happen then, uh, the family of origin continues to kind of control things or, or want them to be there all the time. And they begin to resent that. And yeah. so then there's also going to be some conflict, more conflict. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things that's important for young couples is to learn how to set healthy boundaries. And the yeah. sooner you do that and setting healthy boundaries is not saying we don't want to see you. It's, it's saying we love you, but this is what we need. And this is what we'd like to see from you. And, and this yeah. is what we think would make our marriage healthier. And I think a lot of times it does fall on the young couple to do that because the parents maybe don't even understand what boundaries are. Maybe that wasn't done for them. And so you're charting new water, but I, what I think happens and what I see happen, once those boundaries are set, once the parents accept that, then they can begin to see this is pretty healthy. And Mm -hmm. we're seeing you maybe more than we thought we would. And we're seeing you in a healthier circumstance than that. We're not manipulating you to come and spend time with us. You're coming to spend time with us because you know, our relationship are getting healthier. Yeah. And you want to spend time with us. And yeah. that's what. Yeah. Yeah. And you're um, absolutely. And, um, and I think about the Lord's relationship with us, that it's not obligatory that he invites us to come to him, but it it's my choice of, of whether yes. or not I want to do that. And that's because agape love is, is choice driven. It's not control driven. Um, and I think that maybe that would remain for a little while, but then, like you say, all of a sudden, then there's resentment that that gets built up because that control. Um, let me ask you a question about the whole ameshing controlling thing. What what is the the underlying motive for that? In other words, what is the payoff that the parent? is is seeking for that is that just is it just the fear of rejection or is it identity like my children are here for easter christmas thanksgiving and they always you know what i mean or or what what is the pay or is it a bunch of different things altogether it's always a payoff uh you know Mm -hmm. with our behavior sometimes we're not as aware of it as Mm -hmm. other times i think in those situations it probably is uh probably a number of things but i think what you said right there okay my kids are always here so you can brag about that to your friends sometimes we get a lot of our self-esteem and identity out of our kids and and part of that's Natural, you won't be proud of your kids, but mm-hmm. but if you're tied up and your identity comes from them and from them being around and from them, um, you know, my kids are always here every holiday. So you can say that to all your friends. I think there's there's some problems that come with that because yeah. you're seeking something 
really you're seeing something God wants to fill in your life to start with. And you're not letting your kids become who God wants them to be in the family that God wants them to develop themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially, um, for boys, and I know that I'm a baby in this because my, my kids are in college. So I'm sort of at the baby stages of this. So I just say that to say, I don't, I don't claim to have it all together, but (laughs) I was so fortunate that the Lord, I listened to a sermon right before my oldest son turned 16 and it talked about, uh, especially for boys that need to pull away from their mothers to find out who they are. And so, um, and they said, you know, they need to do it respectfully, but if they start to disagree with you, see it as a good thing, see it as they're trying to figure out who they are apart from you and that that's completely biblical. And it did start happening with Josh. And so I'm really glad that I heard that before because then I was able to say to myself, this isn't offensive. This is a part of God's plan and that he needs to figure out who he is. Um, And I think that flows right along with the whole marriage scenario that uh, the, the, as you were talking about it, they need to form um, their, their own identity. And, and kind of along with that, um, I have definitely heard, and you, you hear, you know, the sayings, a a daughter is a daughter for life, but I can't even remember what it is now, but, but basically that it's more of an issue between a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law than perhaps a mother-in-law and a son-in-law. Have you seen that as well? I, I think so. I mean, I think I've seen some of both, but I think the um, the mom identity with the son and, and here's this other woman coming into his life mm-hmm. uh, and you've been the woman in his life for all these years, mm-hmm. you know, even though he may have dated, but this is somebody that's going to be there the rest of his life. And so I, I think... Um, if that relationship is strong, probably not completely healthy. Maybe the mom's probably getting too much of her identity out of being this mom, this uh, son's mom and whatever that camp says to be successful, things like that, mm-hmm. that it may be hard for her to let another woman into his life. Right. And that that becomes almost a threat to someone instead of saying, oh my gosh, look at this woman that God has brought into my son's life. Look how happy my son is. Look at the, the, what a beautiful woman she is inside and out and the, and the gifts that she brings. And so instead of letting it be a threat, beginning to turn that around and say, God, thank you for this blessing. Thank you that what you're giving my son is something that can last a lifetime for him and this woman. And yeah. so, so I think in that, and I think it's a lot of times it is hard for a mom. I think we see a lot of moms that a lot of their identity comes out of being a mom. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think it is just harder. I do think it's harder with a son than it is for a daughter for most moms. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, with a dad, I, I think it's um, if he's close to his daughter, most dads are. And we do, I think where, where I saw it with my daughter is I was a little protective. I just wanted to make sure this guy was going to take yeah. care of her as good yeah. as I did. Mm-hmm. And when I found that he did for me, it was pretty easy to release that to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't want to be her go-to. I didn't want her to be the one that every time she had a problem with her husband, she came to me. I wanted them to learn to work those things out or to go with a good counselor. I wanted to be able to develop a relationship with, with her husband that was healthy so that he enjoyed being around me. Cause 
ultimately, if, if he enjoyed being around me, I was going to get more time with my daughter and my grandkids. Yeah. And if he didn't go. like, if he didn't like being around me, you know, that could cut, I might like to see him as much as I want to. Yeah. So the, yeah. that, and that was just, uh, I don't think that was manipulative. I think that was a reality that I saw mm-hmm. that God helped me see that you need to value this man. And just like my daughter, you got to value this woman mm-hmm. that your, that your adult children have chosen to spend the rest of their lives with. Right, and, right. And as God helped me do that, mm-hmm. and I was probably more critical of son-in-law than I was daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. just because I think it is, it's my daughter and I've been protective of her mm-hmm. for all these years. Mm-hmm. But I also felt like I was open as he showed me things I was able to let go. Yeah, yeah. And I think I, I love that you are authentically sharing with us about that because um, we don't need to be afraid of those feelings, right? I mean, because the Lord gave those to you to be protective over your daughter, but then there's that transition of, um, of the new phase and, you know, being a mom or a parent in general, it's a series of letting go, a series of letting go. Um, but that ultimately, you know, they're holding on to the Lord's hand. And that's what I keep telling myself when I have to let go. <laughs> well, I think it is. And we go through those first, let's say, I remember the first day my son, who's the oldest, went off to kindergarten and, and it kind of wrecked Nancy. It was like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, I, he's not in my sight 24 hours a day. He is off yeah. to kindergarten. And that her learning to let go there. And then both of us as our kids in our new mm-hmm. different stages, you know, there's that time when our kids were, they're two and a half years apart that they were with family stuff all the time. And all of a sudden one of them becomes a teenager and like they want to go somewhere else on Friday night instead of being with mom and dad and sister, you know? And so you have to realize that those things are normal things Mm -hmm. and we had to make some adjustments. So we did, we kind of changed around our family nights to Sunday night. That was usually school was the next day. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing something always on the weekend, if we could, we would, Mm -hmm. but Sunday night became our family night and that seemed to work for everybody. It wasn't that my son didn't value time with us. He just wanted to be with his friends more. Yeah. Yeah. Just growing up, just growing up. So, and those um, are tough adjustments. And I think it carries over. I think those kind of things that I guess for those who are listening that have young kids or kids in the process of growing up, as you learn to let go of those different stages and embrace the new stage, it's going to help you when your child gets married and you have to embrace that new stage of their life and your life and let go of some of the things because things are going to change when they get married and they're supposed to. Yeah. They're supposed to change. Yeah. That's so good. I love that. It's almost like the Lord is is preparing us little by little, you yes. know, um, for those different phases uh, of letting go. And I think too, falling back and saying, this is, this is God's design. This is natural so that yes, I'm grieving. Um, you know, when my kids fly out of the nest and that's good, good to grieve, but that it's natural. So, um, so don't hold on, but, but to let go. I love that you brought up grieving because I think it is when our lives change, it's a grieving process. The the main thing is we've got to, we've got to go through the grief. We can't get stuck there and try to keep the grief grief from happening or consuming us. We've got to grieve it and say, okay, God, what do you have? Thank you for that stage. You just got us through help me to embrace this new stage that you're taking us into help me to rejoice in the things my son and daughter embrace and, and the people that become in their lives that we can love them too. My, my parents, uh, when Nancy and I got married, um, you know, they didn't know Nancy that well. And by the time 
10, 15 years had gone. They liked her better than me. There was no doubt. They did. <laughs> I mean, it was just obvious if it, if it was going to come to a showdown between one or the other, yeah. she was going to win. Uh, they loved her dearly. And a lot of that was both them embracing her and her being who she was. And they got to know her as, as, as I got to know her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So in the Bible, Ephesians 5.31, inside mm. of God's framework for family, it says a man, and we've mentioned the scripture, a man shall leave his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Biblically speaking, what is a husband's role inside of this passage to create healthy biblical relationships with his wife and his parents? I think the whole leave and cleave thing is, is so important. And I think we, I think it's the way God designed things. And I think as the husband, um, I think that's his role to help make that happen. I think we're the leader of the home. And so I think it's important that marriage is one man, one woman, and it doesn't re- include anybody else in that equation, but, but God. And so I always tell couples, when you get married, it's not a new chapter in your book of life you're starting a new book. Mm. And I think if you can get that visual that, you know, that life you had before you married, that's over. And this is, this in the continue, this is a brand new thing, a new gift that God has given you. And I think when we can look at it that way, then maybe it's easier to let go of some of the past things and, and embrace what you have. And then bring the things from your past that are important to you, like your parents and siblings and things like that Mm -hmm. into your new book. But the filter's, a little bit different than they were in your old book because it's got to be healthy for you and your spouse and your marriage. Right. I love those that. Things to happen. I love that. Um, and, and, you know, and that the husband needs to be the one that leads, that leads in that as the leader of the family. And I love that analogy of that was this book, but this book is closed right. and, and here, here is a new book. Um, I think that one of the one of the struggles that we faced and is that you know we get so used to the old book that's what we marinated in as we grew up sure. and so then there's a lot of shame that's attached to creating the boundaries for the new book um but for us it was when we said okay this this is in the word this is not shameful this is not bad we're just creating our own book, like, you know, like you're saying, um, you know, yeah, but it's, it's in, still hard. It's still hard. It, it is. And I think, I think knowing it's God's plan, I think that helps a lot mm-hmm. for people when they're listening and that are having to deal with this right now, that is God's plan and God's plans are always good, but we don't always understand them and they're not always easy. And sometimes there's some pain involved in that, but ultimately I think it goes back to, God designed us and he designed marriage and all these things that we're talking about today mm-hmm. and his plan is best yeah. and he knows us better than we know ourselves. So I think a lot of it is, okay, God, I don't get this. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. You say, this is what needs to happen. You say, this is your plan. So help me embrace that. Help yeah. me get to where you want me to be in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and we've kind of talked about this, but, um, what about parents, their, their role? Um, we've talked about the letting go part. Um, what, what are other things that parents can do to help to support God's framework for family? I, I think too, just, uh, letting them have the, that new couple, uh, develop their own identity. 
so that they have an identity apart from your share, they're part of your family, but that they stand, can stand on their own. And so I think for what Nancy and I tried to do with our kids uh, as, the, as they married, we tried to be there for them. But as far as being involved, that was at a distance. Mm -hmm. uh, we would be there to babysit. We'd be there to have fun with them. We would be there to go to dinner with them, have them over for dinner. But some of those things that um, go on between a husband and wife and as they're developing their marriage, we know we need to look at it from a distance. If they invited us in, good. One of the things I think my parents taught us was that if, if we invited them in and they gave us opinion and we didn't take it, we did something else, that they, that was okay with them. Mm -hmm. They were able to let go of that. And I think that was one of the biggest things my parents taught us. It wasn't like, especially when, when we would not take their uh, opinion and would screw up, our opinion didn't work and our decision didn't work. And they never came and said, see, we told you so never did we hear that from them. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can, and you know, the other thing is it's hard to let our kids fail, no matter what age they are, yeah. whether they're five or 10 or 20, that is so hard for us. And yeah. yet all of us know that the things that I've learned the most in my life that God has taught me has probably come out of failure, just 100%. making bad decisions yeah. and learning from that and growing from that. Yeah. Cause if, you know, if we all made the right decisions all the time, would we really need God? You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's great advice. Um, and, and certainly I had to learn that as a mother uh, myself, I thought my primary role was to protect um, but in that I, you know, the Lord showed me thankfully to let go even when they were little, because it was, I was getting in the way of, of his plans and what, what he wanted for my children. Um, I think that's neat. I want I love what you said there, because I think it, that gave you some practice mm, of doing that as mm -hmm. they got older and as the, it, it might've gotten harder, especially when they're getting ready to get married. So I, I love what you said. And for us to do that, start that practice early. Yeah. Yeah. Started early, even, yeah, even in the baby was, steps. Yeah. That was great. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I, I mean, and the Lord specifically said to me, well, it was, we were going through a hard time with our older son. He was facing some hard things and God said, you're the parent and not the potter. No. <laughs> like, oh, like, oh. <laughs> okay, God. <laughs> so yeah, so that, that was it. So let's, so can you speak to, if there's a woman listening today and she's a daughter-in-law who struggles with an in-law issue, um, what advice would you give her to handle this? Let's say that her husband um, grew up in a family where, the mother was the in charge. And so all the son has seen all his life is to, you know, um, to just do whatever the, the mom wants to do. The mom is in control of the husband. Mm. And so the husband is not speaking up. He's not leading the family. What advice would you give her uh, to take? I, um, I think God's clear that we're to respect our parents and that goes with our in-laws too. And uh -huh. so I think whatever we decide to do, I think we do need to do it with respect. You don't want to act out of anger because then you've got, you got two problems to deal with then you've got uh -huh. that you got angry. And so that's an issue. And sometimes that takes you, someone doesn't even hear what you're saying because you're angry. Right. Uh, I, I think going to her husband, talking to him and for them together decide what needs to be 
done. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's always, usually it's um, like if it was Nancy's parents that were causing some problem in our marriage that we'd talk about together and we would go together to talk to them. I always feel it worked better for Nancy to do the communication and me there to support her because mm -hmm. that is her parents and they mm -hmm. seem to take it better. And the, for me to support her, same thing. If we went to something with my parents, I would usually be the talking should be there to support. I don't know if there's a biblical principle behind that. It just seems to work better mm -hmm. um, to hear it from their own kids like that. Um, and I think too, you know, what, what needs to be done sometimes. And I talked to couples about this is some boundaries probably need to be set. And, mm -hmm. and I think sometimes we set those boundaries and then, we have in mind what the consequences would be if the boundaries aren't crossed. I think we, I, I usually advise couples don't say what the consequences are to start with, mm -hmm. set your boundaries, explain them, make sure your parents think they're clear. And then if they're crossed again, then say, okay, maybe you didn't hear what we said. These are the boundaries we want. And if, if you don't follow those, we're not going to be here for Sunday dinner every week. We're not going to, you know, what the consequences will be with that and then follow through that. Um, and so, but I think for this daughter-in-law, the first thing is that she's got to be, get on the same team with her husband with that. Mm -hmm. And so if that take means that they need to go to counseling together, mm -hmm. certainly praying about it together, asking for God's wisdom, how we handle that. Um, and then, and then to move forward together, you know, we talk a lot of, at awesome marriage about being a team mm -hmm. and, and the more a couple can see themselves as a team, it keeps them standing together with the issue in front of them instead of an issue being between them and they're fighting over the issue. Yeah. Yeah. And if a, if a husband can't see it um, and if he's, you know, just says, Oh, she didn't really mean that. And this is fine. And, and we've always gone here for Christmas every year. Um, and the, the wife is just sort of crying out for him to see it. I love how you said, you know, that counseling is, that's such a good, um, that's such a good answer. And certainly inside of, of churches, you've got lots of great resources on your website. And, and we live in a day and age where you can connect um, virtually. That's yeah. so important I think for me, it was important for me to continue to hear it's okay to set boundaries like this, you know, this is all biblical, um, but do it with respect. I, you know, yeah. I, I love that. And I think that as a, as a wife, you can stand on that, you know, that those, those principles and, and however uh, you need to set them and do it with respect, because if you don't set boundaries, or I'll, I'll just say, for, from my experience, when I didn't set boundaries for so long, there was bitterness that came mm. because I resented. Sure. Um, and I took it out on my husband because I I was angry and it and it had to go somewhere. And so I wanted to put it somewhere so I would be hurt and then I would take it out on my husband and if I could go back in time, it would have been starting initially with some respectful boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that if you can look at it that way, if you're afraid to set boundaries, boundaries are so much better than bitterness. And absolutely. And there's something too, I think, empowering when a woman can say no 
under the shelter, the cover of God's truth that gives her freedom uh, to know that she's she has that uh, voice with you know with her husband so um absolutely and i think too to um as in speaking to husbands and wives i mean if your spouse has an issue you got to make it your issue you can't Mm -hmm. put it down you can say you can't say this isn't important because it's not important to you i think one of the things i tell couples all the time if it's your important to your spouse you make it important to you and then you guys approach it together yeah Uh, one of the things you mentioned you know one of the things that i see couples um get in trouble with you mentioned like holidays and stuff mm-hmm. uh how they're going to spend christmas usually becomes an issue for mm-hmm. most couples at some point and what i just tell couples if you want to make some changes do it that summer start those conversations early if you wait till thanksgiving to tell them that we're doing we're going to change the way we do christmas this year it doesn't go near as well as it does when you do it yeah. in the summer, because yeah. it's not as close and people have time to think things through. And I don't know, something you said it. kind of did that because I see that, especially with young couples mm-hmm. before they have kids, uh, you know, before we had kids, we tried to please everybody at Christmas. And so mm-hmm. we would spend part of Christmas in Oklahoma city with my family, then go to Houston with hers. Mm-hmm. Once we had a child, it's like, okay, <laughs> we've, we've got the, you know, we've got the, uh, whatever i'm not sure what word i'd use that but but we had something we didn't have before and it said okay y'all come to us because uh and and the grandchild child's here and you know if you have a grandchild they'll come Mm -hmm. that they they just will and so you can change some things at that point i love that i love that yeah and that that is so true um we did the same thing and then we thought what we're spending christmas in the car so yes you know, and, uh, and, and I love, um, you know, what, one of the things that I've always appreciated about my mom is that my mom would tell me it's time for you to make your own family tradition. Oh, that's so good. And you might pull a little bit from what we did and you might pull a little bit from here, but it's going to look different. And I celebrate that. Um, and I, I tell my mom over and over again, how much I appreciate that. Um, because it did, it did give us freedom to, to find out who we are. Um, and you know, traditions are not the Lord's law. (laughs) So it's okay. You can, you know, and just, you know, you can have new, new traditions. So I'm asking, family traditions are just, uh, you know, those are the hard ones. And I think Christmas is the, the, the ones where we hope some same traditions sacred that, are very hard to change. And yeah. so I think it, it really does fall, I think, on us as the parents of this young couple to give them permission to do and to adjust. You know, I've had couples where the parents say, you know, you do what you need to do with his family. Mm-hmm. We'll be here. I, I had a family that they had three kids. Mm-hmm. And what they finally decided to do is say, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, we're going to be home all day both of those days you come when it's convenient for you and we'll celebrate and we'll eat and we'll have presents and whatever we need to do. But, but you, we want to be here for you. So you run your schedule and and we'll be here when you can fit us in. And those, I think they ended up getting more time with their kids, Mm -hmm. the in-laws than they would if they hadn't done that because they gave them the freedom there. And it's like, I think we want to go there. That yeah. sounds like this is going to be pretty healthy when we go there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and exactly. So it, it wasn't an easy thing for them to do, 
but they did it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's such a good. Okay, so so that is uh, my next question to you. And this was this is kind of selfish, <laughs> on because I'm, you know, my my boys are in college, so uh, there'll be a day when if the Lord calls them that they'll they'll be married. What are the three things that a mother-in-law can do to be supportive of her okay. son's marriage relationship? Well, one, I think you pray for them in their marriage and you pray for that daughter-in-law. I mean, to me, if I can, I can, I tell people all the time, you start out with prayer with almost anything. Yeah. Uh, I try to do that. I'm not always perfect at it. Sometimes I'm getting in the middle of messing something up and I think, golly, I didn't pray about this. Uh-huh. You know, I go back uh-huh. and pray and it's like, oh yeah. I think you need to see your daughter-in-law as a blessing that God put this woman in your in your life, in your son's life, and that she is a blessing. God put them together and ask God to help you see her as a blessing. I think that you never criticize her. You never criticize her to her face or to your son. If you and your husband want to talk about, I mean, that's your safe place to kind of talk about things and and work things out, but just don't criticize her in public or to her face or anything like that. And then I think you praise her the thing, look for things Mm. that you can praise her about. Oh my gosh. He, he loves, he loves, he told me about the dinner you cooked last night and he loves that. I love how you love my son. I love how you, how you have decorated your home. I Mm let, you know, things that are, a woman knows what's important to another woman. And so praise her in those things. And I think because you're building a relationship that, that you hope lasts the rest of your life. Yeah. And, And so if you, the, the, the mother-in-laws I see that, that start out kind of fighting their daughter-in-law, I think they're just kind of slowly digging this grave instead yeah. of building something that they can cherish uh, the rest of their lives. My, my mom did a great job with that. The first, mm-hmm. I guess the first Christmas that we were married, she got with Nancy said, let's invite uh, 20 of your friends and 20 of mine and let's have a, a cookie exchange party together. Mm-hmm. And she just opened that door to mm-hmm. do something with Nancy. And they did that for a number of years, really, until kids came and it got a little too, too, too cumbersome to do that. But I think reaching out to your daughter-in-law and, and bringing her in, treating her like a daughter. I mean, yeah. and you want to treat your son-in-law like a son yeah, uh, because that's what they really become. And that's what you want them to become. You yeah. know, um, my parents just adored Nancy and, and, you know, I think it was because they wanted to, they wanted to embrace her. If I went back i think one time you know i don't know that they totally thought we knew what we were doing we got married we got married pretty young at 20 and 22 mm-hmm. they didn't know nancy very well so i'm sure they had a lot of questions mm-hmm. and you know, i'm sure they thought what in the world are they doing you know right. what is the right. you're not send my kid off to college he brings home this woman that grew up in texas and we don't even know her and all this kind of stuff but they they never said things like that. They embraced mm. us together. And I think it made a huge difference. And, and I think it changed. They wanted to love her. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't do anything to get in the way of that. And they did a really good job. I'm not putting them on a pedestal, but they probably did as good a job uh, as I've seen parents do. That's awesome. That's yeah. wonderful. So um, this was great. This was fantastic. Awesome, awesome wisdom. Um, Dr. Kim, thank you so much. Oh, I mean, it's so much fun. I love what yeah. you do. I love your ministry. And, and just to be able to be a guest and be a part of that, thank you so much for the invitation. Oh, well, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. So if you're having issues with your in-laws, go back to God's design and truth and start there. And 
pray, and there's been lots of great wisdom inside of this podcast. Um, And for anything involved in marriage, I highly recommend Dr. Kim's website. It is loaded with resources. Uh, He's got a great podcast. Um, But in particular, there is an email subscription that I subscribe to called the One Thing Email. Um, And you can go to onethingemail.com. Correct? One thing dot com. One yes, one thing dot email. One thing dot email, and uh, or you can go to his website, and we'll put both of those links inside of the podcast description. And every day you receive one thing you can do to benefit your marriage. I use it personally, and I love it. And so I would highly recommend that to you. Hey, thanks so much again for listening into today's podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.